Hi everyone, welcome back to the podcast. This time, John Singleton, coach to Jacqueline Dahlstrom, Christoph Horvath and Sola Sigurdotter tells me about what it's like to be a coach over a semi-finals weekend and gives a glimpse into the day-to-day preparations in advance of Strength and Depth, the last European semi-final for the Games. There's a lot to say, as always, so let's get to it. Welcome to the Europe is Coming podcast, taking you inside the minds of Europe's best CrossFit athletes and the people behind them. Welcome back to the podcast, John. How are you today? It is Monday, the 6th of June. The last week of semi-finals is in front of you. Can you do it? Yeah, you know, um, the end is in sight. So, uh, you know, it's been... Uh, I've forgotten how intense the kind of whole period of, uh, you know, what was regionals and what is now named semifinals can be. Because, uh, you know, when you start, there's like a very, you know, it's a very emotional phase because lots of people are making it. Lots of people are maybe on the bubble if you don't get through. And um, and also, it's, it's always in your face, you know, like each week, basically everything on your, you know, most people's social feeds now is about either semi-finals or athletes that have made it through to, to the game. So the kind of pressure through each week is just in your mind that little bit more, that little more. And, um, and so I think, you know, myself and uh, the athletes that we're going to strength and depth with will be uh, you know, looking forward to, to finally throwing down. I guess it brings a lot of anxiety and excitement in equal measure, doesn't it? When they're watching other people doing the workouts and watching and like and just it must be hard not to compare themselves to to other athletes but also they must be itching to get out there yeah it's, it's hard not to see yourself on the competition floor as an athlete i think that's the big thing it's like you know you you put yourself in that person's shoes and because it's now happened we've had three consecutive weeks of it you know, each Friday, Saturday, Sunday, the athletes will be watching the events. And, you know, I think it's important to watch the events because you might learn something, pick something up, but, you know, it's hard not to have that. But you have an emotional attachment to it. It's very hard to uh, to not let it create at least some uh, some emotion in some way. So you haven't, you haven't prescribed a media blackout then? Quite hard. You know, I, I honestly think that it would probably be extremely beneficial if you could just uh, cut off social media. But, you know, social media is it becomes like an integrated part of uh, an athlete's life, you know, a sponsor obligation to these, these things. So they kind of have to use it in some ways. And that's that's always the like, buy-in of social media. You, know, you might go there to do something practical, then all of a sudden it's got you hooked scrolling. And, you know, so it's very hard, you know, that you, you either have to be completely out, but it's very hard to be that disciplined that you literally go in to post and do what you need to do and then get off it again. You just came back onto Instagram recently, didn't you? So, I mean, did you enjoy your... You were off for quite a long time as well. Yeah, I was probably off, I don't know how long it was, like 18 months, two years or something. So, you know, it was a long period. And I had just got... I think I just got too caught up in it, you know. Like I was like, I, you know, I think about what I was posting, or I just, you know, I felt like it was taking from my life rather than giving back. And so I was just like, you know, 
uh, I don't want to. I don't want to be involved in this anymore. I just, you know, I, I want to focus on where I am and what I'm doing. So I just uh, deleted what I don't know what it's archived or you know put my account offline basically. And um, and then you know over the over the period, people would be like, "Oh, it's fun having you on Instagram." And there's certain people that I'd only speak with on Instagram that you know I wouldn't necessarily WhatsApp or email. And so I kind of lost touch with uh, people who I enjoyed um, having that relationship with, even if it was just through social media. And that was one of the main reasons for, uh, for coming back. And, you know, I do think some people are interested in, in what I do, be it very <laughs> a small, small population. So, you know, it was kind of nice. Ironically, now, after having the break, I'm actually enjoying being back on the social media, like... Uh, I don't think I was attached to it. And, and that break was, I think, important for me because it was just like, you know, I chose to come back on. I didn't feel like I had to come back on. It was, it was like, uh, okay, let's give it a go. And I was actually pretty chill um, with it. So, so yeah, I've actually enjoyed being back on social media. Now, unfortunately, I do get caught in the trap of, you know, scrolling through shit for 15 minutes. But <laughs> it's like the, uh, just accepting it's the negative side of it. Uh, and the way that um, Strength and Depth have been using social media, they've, um, they've released all of the workouts now um, mm. for everybody from the Community Cup through Masters through to the elites, um, individuals and teams. So you must have had plenty of time to chew over those. Yes, they released them on uh, exactly a week ago. Well, just over a week, actually. But uh, so, yes, we've had... We'll, in essence, have had just under two weeks knowing the workouts. Once you know the workouts, how quickly do you start testing them? Uh, it depends a little of what happened a few days before. So if there'd been a lot of volume or uh, similar movements that, that we'd kind of done to fatigue, we wouldn't necessarily test them. There starts to be lots of factors that come into play. So, you know, it's very, it depends. You know, it depends where, how far out is the competition. It depends what we've done before, what the workout is. Um, in this instance, it worked out relatively well because uh, they got released on a Sunday. And then the next uh, Monday, we could kind of break it down, test a few ones that we wanted to test. And, uh, and now the athletes have been through every workout that's uh, been released. And are there any that are standing out to you as anxiety-ridden ones or any ones that you think your guys are going to smash? Yeah, you know, there's, you know, even with six workouts, there's, athletes, there's workouts that athletes will like, workouts that athletes will be nervous for. You know, and it's not necessarily people, you know, they start... I do believe it's very important for the athletes to kind of hone in and focus on on what it is they can do and what it is they can achieve. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you've got to get to that very zen-like state. Otherwise, you know, you're constantly worried about other people. And uh, and that tends to be where the stressor factor comes in. Like, you know, you go, okay, I've got this. And then the you go, oh, what about them? They're better than me at this. Or what about them? Or, and so it actually tends to be when the thought process clicks to another person rather than themselves that adds to the uh, the stressor of the, the situation. So there's workouts the athletes are going to be uh, looking forward to because they know they can do well. There's workouts that are going to be like a, a challenge because they have movements or weights that, uh, 
but are typically not as strong the athletes. How do you think that the the common um, workouts have been going down, the two that CrossFit programmed, the complex and the mean, mean legless rope climb and run workout. <laughs> Just taking a lot of people down, that one. I think, honestly, they're, they've been good, you know, like, they're, they're two very specialist workouts. So that means that the leaderboard can be mixed up quite a lot. Um, with them you know you have someone at the bottom of the pack who can just lift a lot of weight and therefore they're going to do very well in the complex or we see like we see you know athletes outside of the uh, the top peak can do very well on the legless rope climb and so because because they come down to you know there's certain qualities for the legless rope climb like you know being taller and being a good puller it's like a hundred percent you know you're going to do you know you're almost guaranteed to do well in that workout However, being shorter, um, and then often the females don't have the same body strength, and therefore that can become more of a challenge on, on that side. And it's the same with the weightlifting. You know, if you made it through to this side and you've got like a huge cleat, you know, you're going to be, when that complex comes up, I bet you're smiling because you know you can hit every weight in it. Did you watch the Granite Games last weekend, Anthony Davis? Yeah, I've probably watched everything. You know, they, he did, uh, did extremely well in that complex. And, you know, he put himself in a relatively good position for the last day as well. The programme had a, a chap who we've never spoken about before, actually, um, competing at the Far East Throwdown. He came in third. I know that Dominic is his coach. And uh, it was Arthur... Semenov, he did, he did so well. He, he missed out on a qualifying place by um, 30-odd points, which is... Yeah, I mean, it was super impressive. Dom had been working with him for, uh, for the last period. And the, one of the things is when you go to those regions like the Far East, you don't necessarily... There's not the exposure of athletes. So it's hard to know the level uh, that's there. Um, but he did, he, you know, he did amazing. Like, he was... Um, especially at the end of day two, he came away with two first place finishes, which which is extremely good, and I think shows that he has a lot of potential. The one, uh, you know, you've obviously got Roman there, who's uh, who's probably the best kind of like um, level that we know. The, the other athletes we haven't seen as much. There was also um, Alexander Ilin, who who didn't have the best. Uh, best weekend he'd probably been going in as one of the favorites there's also another there's a few guys who've been around the competition circuit for a while so for, for him to be up there in third and pushing for that game spot is uh is amazing so i'm very happy for dom and far too as well well he gets another chance with the last chance qualifier exactly i think it's a bit of a blessing and a curse the last chance mm. like uh it's gonna be very you're gonna need you know obviously every athlete in the last chance is solid so you know, the athletes that do well at the last chance are going to need luck on programming. They're going to need it going in their favour in order to go through. When you've got athletes going to such a high-profile event, a semi-final, strength and depth, you have obviously got to manage expectations for everybody. And you've got Jack, you've got Sola, and you've got Christoph all going down, all going in with high hopes and big expectations of their performances. How do you manage their expectations and their performances? And what are your expectations for them this weekend? 
So I think there becomes a... So, so obviously, when you start dealing with these, these emotions, things do become more complex. And that's probably why you struggle to ask the question, because you, you kind of come into something that's very subjective as well, about like um, feelings. This is a hard thing. It's very hard to be super objective in, in CrossFit setting because workouts change, environments change, the field that you're competing against changes. But I think there, there becomes a bit of a separating factor for athletes who've been to the games before or been to the next stage. So the expectation becomes they can get back to that stage. And so once you've made it through past your rookie year, you know, that you've, you've kind of set the bar of like, okay, I've made it through to the games, therefore my goal is to make it through again. Um, whereas when you've not made it past that stage, you know, I think it's very important that you go and, you know, especially you go in with the mindset of like appreciating being there, going for that learning experience and kind of seeing where you are on the field in order to maybe push up towards that, uh, that game spot. And, and I think that's probably the differentiating factor, you know, like uh, if we take uh, Lowlands, for example, there were, you know, of the five guys that went through, two of them were rookies and the two that kind of got pushed on the, on the last chance qualifier, both were previous games athletes from the last year and both were expected to go through because they went last year. And I think that's how CrossFit tends to evaluate or predict future performance is based on previous performance. And therefore the predictive thing becomes, okay, once you've made it, the expectation is you've got to go back and that's kind of a tick box. And then for the people who've not made it before, it becomes about... You know, really seeing how far you can get in that field and seeing if you are able to, you know, maybe become the rookie who pinches the, uh, the game spot or push it through. I think Strength and Depth put up today that there were 15 veterans going for 10 spots, which, you know, that means that you know, 33% of those uh, previous games athletes are not going back uh, to the games through Strength and Depth. And that's uh, it's a tough field, you know. I think I try, and obviously I'm very emotionally invested in the athletes as well. Um, and I, I try not to, uh, I try not to think about the outcome so much, you know, like I try not to worry about where they're going to place if they're going back to the games. I really do try and hone in and go, okay, what can we optimize at this moment to make sure they have the best potential to go back through and I, I think it's the only thing you can look back and be proud on. It's like, okay, did we put in the work? You know, did, was the environment created that the athlete could excel on the competition floor? And if all those factors are in place, if the athlete performs and they don't make it back, at least you can look, you go, okay, well, you know, we gave it everything we had um, to give us a good opportunity to work on for the future of where we may be going. Because going down any other road just takes you into like a million and one other questions or what ifs or these things so it comes down to how well are you prepared well yes it, do, it does come down to what, honestly no it comes down to what, how well you compete on the day but I think the one thing that you can control is how well you how prepared you are for that you know actually you can be the best prepared athlete but then if you don't excel on the day it doesn't matter so looking at the preparation you've dotted all your I's and crossed all your T's I guess it's the hope yeah <laughs> <laughs> And this week, it's Monday now. What um, 
what do your guys do for the next couple of days? Are they doing any training? Are they resting? Or what's the schedule for this week like? So we actually trained on Sunday. It varied. Lowlands, we rested on Sunday. This week, we, we, um, we trained on Sunday, mainly because uh, we knew the workouts a lot earlier. So Lowlands, we didn't find out until a lot later. Strength and depth, we knew a lot earlier, so we could kind of have a bit more of a simulation of the weekend and how it's going to feel. Therefore, rest today and they'll have a, another training session, one training session tomorrow. Uh, Wednesday will be like a travel day. So we will fly on Wednesday and then Thursday we'll do like um, what we call kind of like a competition activation session where it'll be very light, very easy, just moving, make sure the athletes are comfortable. And we don't start till quite late in the day on Friday, but we won't be doing anything. Um, it'll basically be once we've warmed up. We also have to go to a briefing, which takes time. It's a bit of stress, but uh, Friday will then just be about competing. You're going to stay, I hope you're going to be staying close to the venue. I guess you don't know at the moment, quite. <laughs> well, yes, I, I, I had, yeah, I had a, a message this morning that they cancelled our uh, accommodation. So, you know, that's to the, uh, the, uh, the, the behind the scenes organisational stress of uh, things. So, you know, there's kind of these unpredicted factors, but you know, unless they're listening to this uh, podcast, <laughs> the, the asset. The athletes won't, uh, you know, it's not something that we tried to let them, you know, we try to mitigate all of these stresses as much as possible and, and working with the team uh, that are behind the scenes because, you know, ultimately it's not going to help the athlete knowing that we don't have the accommodation yet. So, and, and we'll have it sorted, you know, it's London, so we're easily going to have it sorted by Wednesday, but it, it just adds to uh, the workload before we fly out for the kind of behind the scenes yeah it's uh so you're so you're really trying to take care of everything for them so they can just focus on how they on keeping themselves ready to compete yeah like reduction of external stresses is a big focus you know like honestly if you have to worry about your your flights your accommodation your food all of these things it's like it's uh you know textual work so we're lucky enough that we have a, a team in place to help with these things i guess i'll see you in london yeah, what uh, what day are you arriving? Friday. Okay, nice. There's, there's actually quite a few people from New York coming. Who's coming? Uh, we have um, some members from the, the box coming. And then we also have uh, one of our coaches coming over, Sammy. So, I, you know, I think there's going to be a lot of people travelling in for, for this one. That's going to be great. Can't wait. I want, I've never seen um, Sam Briggs in person and... I named my cat after Sam Briggs, so I'm very excited to uh, get to see her. Even if it's going to be our last year of of uh, individual competition or elite competition. And yeah, I'm... honestly, I mean, and with these workouts, she's she's very much got a uh, like strong potential of doing well. Oh, really? You think they suit her? Yeah, I, I believe so. I think that they, you know, uh, definitely. Well, she obviously won the rope climb workout back in 2015. So that's obviously the first one. We've got this conditioning piece, which you know has a Sam Briggs name all over it, like long run, long row, some double unders. The, there's a ring muscle up pistol, pistol combo, and Sam's obviously known for the quality. We have the um, the next event, the lifting, which is going to be a uh, a big kick up. You, you know, like Sam's not typically been known for the, the lifting. No. So I think it, I think it comes down to like damage control. 
And then as we go through, like uh, a bit of a mixed chipper, I would say. There's like a heavy deadlift in there, handstand walking, high rep toes to bar. So it's a bit of, uh, of an interesting one, but again, just like a long grindy chipper. Um, uh, Sunday morning, we go into the rope climb, and then the final event is this like bike thruster burpee workout, which it is just going to be. It's, it's long actually it's not a sprint it's, it's long so again it's just a bit like a sort of grinding grinding piece so you know I, I definitely wouldn't I, in, in competitions I tend not to to write anyone off you know I, I think that everyone has has potential to, to go through so we very much you know we we take semis seriously you know we we, we look at it as like a part of the season that, that needs a proper focus now the Open, the quarterfinals, for the level of athletes that we, we work with, it's not so much of a, a stress. But the semis, you know, there's, uh, especially in Europe, like, the level of Europe is super solid. I, I would imagine that if, you know, if some of the American girls, they probably wouldn't have got their spot as the same in Europe. I know that's kind of a big thing to say, or definitely Australia as well. Like, you know, there's, Arguably, Australia was the hardest region to qualify from. You know, no, no one is. Yeah, exactly. So, Europe, Australia—they're they're tough places to get through. And, and I think that the states has become a bit diluted, meaning that there's not the same depth in the field. And, and those, you know, I think there's a lot of people elsewhere, Europe, Australia, feel that more places could be more game spots. I think are deserving in those regions because the level is super high and they're, you know, like, like I say, I mean, it's Sarah, Adrian and uh, Luca who didn't get through at Lowlands. You had James, uh, Sim Royce, you know, multiple times games athletes not making it through these regions. Not because they didn't place well, but just because there's only five spots or three in Australia's case. I think CrossFit must, be, must do something about that situation soon. They must be adding more spots I've I'd love them to make an announcement about it yeah yeah I mean I, I think we have to see more spots at mm. least in Europe and Australia probably coming from North American spots somewhere do you think they'll rob them off of the North Americans I I would say it, it's probably the justified place you know you do have like one spot say for example in Africa um, and you know it's one spot which the games, which which is obviously significant, but I also think that they're in order to grow sport in those in those regions, it is important that there is a you know a competition where people can qualify through. I, I do think that's important. Um, and you know, one spot is one spot, but at the same time, it's not like I don't know how many spots the North Americans have. I think they have like twenty spots, or fifteen guys, fifteen girls. Yeah, so arguably you could probably take a few of those away and add them to... Uh, so you start to get into interesting discussions because really we're talking about the females' level being a lot higher. So the, the guys in the US have a lot higher depth as well. So it's like, do you justify taking it away from them? It, it, you, it, it's a tough decision uh, for CrossFit to, to make. But I do think there are a couple more spots headed to kind of Australia and Europe that... Uh, it would be it would be easily justifiable with with the athletes. Okay, well, 
They're going to be fighting it out, duking it out this weekend. If it was anything like the, uh, the Granite Games, um, where we had such a tussle to get from, like Brent Fikowski went from 7th to 1st <laughs> over the course of 24 hours. And uh, like people, it was like a really big battle over the weekend. Um, I'm hoping that you guys have a smooth ride. Well, it's better for my, uh, my overall health if we don't have a... If we're not on the, <laughs> if we're not on the bubble... You know, I would, yeah. I would definitely take that. The uh, being on the bubble on the last workout is uh, it's, it's one of the hardest things to watch, actually. You know, like yeah, I bet. it obviously came off well for Moritz and uh, Lolo's, but, uh, but yeah, it's not a, a comfortable watching period. <laughs> we should uh, we should get a whoop on you and just just track your heart rate over the weekend. Yes. yes. <laughs> I, don't, I don't need to see how little I recover on that weekend, probably. Okay. <laughs> you already know. Yeah. You don't need data to put it back that way. Yeah. Up. All right. Well, good luck and um, see you in London. Thanks, John, and good luck to everyone in London. I am literally packing for strength and depth right now. So, see you soon, London. If you're there, please come say hi. I'll be the one running around with a microphone and trying to write stories for the strength and depth social media at the same time. I am so excited. Until next time, thanks for listening and bye-bye. Don't miss the next episode. Subscribe now wherever you get your podcasts. Europe is Coming is a programme production and hosted by Vicky McLeod.